welcome listeners to our new Radical Life Support series entitled The ABCs of the Attributes of Jesus. In this series, we will be focusing on the attributes, character, names, and works of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the second member of the Divine Trinity, and he is described as the exact representation of God's being in Hebrews 1.3. Jesus is not merely an image or reflection of God. There is God the Father, the Son of God, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God, and the Son himself is God. It is very important to start with this view of Jesus. So Jesus, who is God, was conceived by the Holy Spirit, was born to a virgin, became flesh, and dwelt among us. Jesus came for a very specific reason, as clearly stated in John 3.16, which says that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus came and died on a cross for the sins of all mankind. He was buried, and then three days later, he rose again, defeating death. He ascended into heaven and now sits at the right hand of God the Father. One day he will return to earth, and those who have put their trust in him will live with him forever in heaven. This is the basic tenet of the Christian faith. It begins and ends with Jesus as the central figure in and for all creation. In our study on the ABCs of the Attributes of God, our main theme came from a quote by A.W. Tozier, What you think about God is the most important thing about you. I would now say that what you think about Jesus has eternal consequences. As we approach this series on the ABCs of Jesus Christ, our quote will be from Jesus himself spoken to his disciples. What about you? Who do you say I am? As we study about Jesus, we will explore many passages in the Gospels that talk about Jesus' life, that he lived on this earth in bodily form. Jesus asked this question, Who do you say that I am? in a story found in Matthew 16, in Mark 8, and Luke 9, in my NIV Bible, which is the version I will be using for all the Bible verses unless otherwise stated. All of these passages begin with a subheading of Peter's Confession of Christ. Each gospel author explains the conversation slightly differently, and that's because each is talking to a different audience. Matthew, who is one of the 12 disciples, wrote primarily to a Jewish audience, so a lot of Old Testament verses and cultural references are included. Mark is said to have received his biography of Jesus from the disciple Peter himself, and both Luke and Mark are writing to a Greek audience. I find it helpful and fun when a story is listed in more than one gospel. I like to combine all of the details of the gospel stories together. For me, it creates a more detailed picture of events. So in these passages, we will break it down like this. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. While there, Jesus was praying in private, and his disciples were with him. He asked his disciples, Who do the people or the crowds say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you? he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Then he warned his disciples not to tell 
anyone that he was the Christ. And he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law. He must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Notice that the people of the day, the crowds, they compared him to good men, meaning they believed he was also a good man. People even do that today. He was a good teacher, they say. But that was not the right or complete description of Jesus. Peter, as the spokesman for the disciples, actually said he was the Christ, the long-awaited anointed one, the Messiah. And some risk saying what others considered blasphemy to call him the son of the living God, stating him as being divine more than a mere man. When we talk about who Jesus was and is today, we must start at this point. It is a very serious matter to get his identification correct. His true identity is of utmost and absolute importance for the world and for each of us personally. It is a matter of eternal life or eternal death for those who would or would not believe in him and in whom and in whom he claimed to be. The disciples believed in him, but many others like the Pharisees rejected his claims. I recently listened to an interesting video, Jesus in Hell, by Martin Isles of the Australian Christian Lobby. In it, he says, People appeal to a modern Jesus that they believe in today, but with a slightly modified name. They do attest that they believe in him. It's a name that people will say that sounds something like Jesus to me. It's a very specific kind of Jesus. There's no such thing, though, as my Jesus or Jesus to me. There is Jesus Christ, and that is it. The question of who is Jesus is not one that we answer for ourselves. If you are believing in a Jesus to me, then you aren't believing in Jesus at all. You are believing in yourself. You are believing in your preferences, imaginations, your likes and dislikes, your own morality, and your own sense of things. You see, many people today define Jesus in terms of cultural or political correctness. They say, my Jesus wouldn't or would do this or that. My Jesus would let everyone into heaven. The Jesus I believe in wouldn't send anyone to hell. Jesus to me means all-inclusive, all-accepting. We don't need to guess who Jesus is or make him up. In our study, we are going to see in Scripture what God says about Jesus and what Jesus says about himself. It is plainly stated to either be believed or not. The Bible is the source of true knowledge regarding who Jesus is. People's opinion or our own understanding of who Jesus is or who we want him to be will always be inaccurate. Do not rely on it and make sure whatever you believe about Jesus matches with scripture. I want to share a story. While living in London, England, I fell in love with musical theater and saved up to see a show once a month. One Easter, I decided the play Jesus Christ Superstar would be a perfect selection for the whole family. I had never seen the play before. One scene in the play was very intense. The reenactment of Jesus being flogged with 39 lashes. After 15 snaps of the whip and the cries of the actor portraying Jesus, I wanted to run out of theater because I couldn't endure the pain of his suffering. It was very effective. But in contrast, my whole family was surprised to see Jesus being portrayed as angry at the crowds who came for healing. He says to them, go heal yourselves. The play showed him annoyed with the disciples' questions in the upper room. 
and the worst was watching the actor shaking his fist to heaven demanding god tell him what to do saying before i change my mind i was flabbergasted and a bit outraged in order to prove that the Jesus being portrayed in the play was not the Jesus I remembered from the scriptures, I did something I had not done in years. I dusted off my Bible and I read all four Gospels in the New Testament in a row. Sure enough, I found a strong but loving Jesus that I always remembered. He had compassion on the crowds coming to him for healing. It said he healed them all. He patiently consoled the disciples who were in grief at the Last Supper as he told them he was going to die. And he said in the Garden Gethsemane, as he poured out his soul to God, not my will, Father, but thine be done. I read John, then Matthew, then Mark, into the Gospel of Luke. And when I read Luke 6.46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but do not do what I say? I was deeply convicted. Unfortunately, for many years, I had lived a life of words, but little action and supremely shallow heart conviction. That is how God's word works. It shows Jesus as he really is, and his words strike right at the core of your being to bring light to your sins and need for the Son of God, the Savior of the world. I didn't find Jesus on that stage. I found him in the Holy Bible, where he is undefiled and perfectly revealed. When you seek him, the Bible says you will find him. This is a promise for anyone who is seeking with their whole heart. So in these next weeks, let's seek him together. Let's find out if we really know him for who he is. We can't afford to get it wrong. Let's study the Bible. Let's read the very words of Jesus. Let's pray for revelation and insight and understanding. Let's believe in him and know him better and praise him and love him for who he truly is. Ask yourself our theme question as if Jesus was asking you directly, but what about you? Who do you say I am? Living a radical life for Jesus means believing what the Bible says about Jesus. If you know of anyone who can benefit from hearing about the wonderful attributes, names, and works of Jesus Christ, please share the information about our podcast with them. They can listen to weekly episodes on our series by visiting our website, which is https colon backslash backslash radicallifesupport.buzzsprout.com. We are listed on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Download any of these apps and subscribe to our Radical Life Support podcast. Look for us every Friday on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Email us anytime at rickandrobinmo at gmail.com. We'd love to hear positive comments and input from our listeners. Next week, we are going to start our new series with the letter A. Talk to you then. Music